Hello and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your life transitions coach, Shelly Carney. Today we're going to be talking about relationships after divorce. Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice bring you The Softer Side, life transitions and relationship coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. All right. So our topic today was suggested by one of our subscribers who was interested in what it might be like to get into a new relationship after a divorce and how that might affect the children. Um, so you ready? Yeah, we, am I ready to do my slides? There we go. Okay. <laughs> There's the first slide. Okay. So we're talking about relationships after divorce and how that might affect the children. First, let's talk about housekeeping. I'm Shelley Carney. I'm certified wellness and life coach. And this is Toby Eunice. Hey, Shelley. I'm doing that because you you people that are listening to the podcast need to know that I'm here, too. That's right. <laughs> now, Toby's here because, one, he's my producer, but two, he's a man with experience. A lot of insight, I believe, is only gained through having the experience uh, that we're talking about. And of course, I've been married 35 years, so I don't have the experience of getting divorced and trying a new relationship out. But Toby has that experience, so he can give us some additional insights. And he's also got six children uh, from different marriages, so he can talk about blended families as well. I've been married 30 years in total, mm -hmm. so that's not too bad. That's a lot of experience. So I'm glad to have Toby here with us today. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, you can find my YouTube channel at thesofterside.live, and I hope that you'll join us in the live chat room on Wednesdays and Fridays at 2.30 Mountain Time. And you can also find additional content uh, totally free and really fun to go through about improving your life and your relationships at the Softer Side Member Vault, which you can find at esofterside.com. Please take a moment to like this video with a thumbs up, share it with your family, friends, and anybody you think might benefit from the information, and make sure you subscribe and click on the bell to receive notifications whenever we go live with new videos. In the live chat room, I hope that you'll say hello, let us know where you're from, Ask any questions you may have, and we will get to those after the presentation. Share your story, and here's a prompt for you. What do you get from a new relationship? Why would you want to have a new relationship in your life, and what would that do for you? And then make sure you support other people in the chat room, as always. If you have private questions or topics you would like to suggest for future videos, you can write to me by email at thesofterside.info at gmail.com. All right, so uh, let's get started with our topic, new relationships after divorce. Number one, you want to think about, are you ready? It might take some time after ending a long-term relationship to be ready again for a new relationship. Some of the things that we need to do, we need to go through the grieving process. We need to heal. We need to be feeling totally whole again uh, before we jump into a new relationship because a new relationship isn't going to fill us up. We need to be 
filled up before we go into a new relationship. So we want to make sure we've done that work, that internal work, before we just jump into something new. We want to be honest about the roles that we and our spouse played in the mistakes that were made and the things that led to the divorce so that that honesty can teach us what to do to be better in the future, uh, to not have those same issues again. Just that honesty with ourselves is so important to be that, have that awareness of what happened and how to make it better in the future. We want to correct those behaviors and those patterns that we've seen in ourselves. We want to be able to have that time to notice it, understand it, and correct it before jumping into something new because uh, we don't want to repeat any of the mistakes that we've made in the past. And we want to be able to have that forgiveness, not only for uh, the other person, but for ourselves, any mistakes that we've made. We need to forgive and uh, let those things go so that we go into a new relationship without any anger or baggage. Uh, that's going to help us start with a clean slate and make it much simpler. Do you have anything to add to that? No. I, when we get to later on, I've noticed in your slides, I have some other stuff. Okay. Um, the, the, one of the things that we mentioned in our last show was that sense of not only going through the grieving process, but making sure you understood your part mm -hmm. uh, in the dissolution of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that leads into what we're going to talk about later. Okay. <clears throat> so you want to uh, be careful of rebounding. And again, if you've done the work and you feel whole and have done all the forgiveness, then you should be ready. But if you do it too soon, jumping into something too soon can be like a rebound. And that can cause uh, further issues, which is why the U.S. divorce rates are so high. Uh, for first marriages, it's 41 to 50 percent. For second marriages, 60 to 67 percent and in divorce. And for third marriages, 73 to 74 percent uh, are ending in divorce. And a lot of that can be attributed to not doing that internal work and correcting those behavioral patterns before moving into a new relationship. There are happy second marriages because people have learned the lessons, done the internal work, and they take the time to choose very carefully. Uh, they use those mistakes as a learning experience to spur that change that's needed in their lives and in order to have a better relationship in the future. And they learn to manage their expectations. A lot of us, when we get married very young, uh, for instance, I was 20 when I got married, and uh, there are certain expectations we have when we're very young that we learn to temper over time. So sec second marriages that end up happy usually include managing those expectations so that you um, are not expecting the world and not expecting your partner to fulfill you, that knowing that I need to fulfill myself and my partner can just uh, enjoy that with me. So this is a diagram of desires, that's what I'm calling it. Uh, we need to know what we want before we go looking for it. We have to define what that is. Uh, we can't, if we just fall into a relationship and say, oh yeah, this is it. Um, sometimes it's not because we didn't sit down and think, what is it exactly that I want? And you just accept whatever comes your way.
So it's important to do this work before uh, leaping into a new relationship, deciding what it is you want, watching out for those danger signs. What do I not want? Uh, breaking those old patterns. What is going on here that went on in my past relationships that, that's a danger sign that I need to look out for? You need to communicate your needs. So here's what I want, and I'm going to be open and honest about it with myself and with the other person as well. And then look for compatibility over chemistry. Uh, a lot of times when we jump too quickly into relationships, it's because we feel lonely. We feel like we need that physical touch. We need, um, we have some physical, sexual needs that we want to satisfy. And we forget to look for compatibility first before jumping into something. And that can cause problems. So before we jump into anything, we want to make sure we have outlined the things I want to have in a relationship versus the things I don't want to deal with in a relationship. And your relationship should fall in that box of things I'm happy I have inside the box of things I wish I had inside the box of things I want to have in a relationship. So focus on the things that you're happy to have in a relationship. So let's talk about the children. Um, if there are young children under 10, this is going to be very, very difficult for them to understand. Uh, young children need security. And when parents are arguing and splitting up, that uh, threatens the child's security. They don't understand why it's happening. Sometimes they'll blame themselves because they just don't know what else to think. Um, so you need to be very careful with young children under 10 that uh, they feel that they have security, they have love. They will never lose the love of their parents. They will never lose their home. Uh, these things need to be told to them again and again and again until they feel secure and safe. Um, give the children time to heal after, the, after their own grieving process. They're all going to go through a grieving process because uh, they had this vision of their lives. Uh, we live in a family. We have mommy and we have daddy and or sorry, if we have two mommies or two daddies, this is also possible. But they have these parents and this life, and this is what thing. This is what their world is. And suddenly, their world is broken apart, and and they need to grieve that. They need to grieve the idea that things have changed, and it, they're not going to be the way I thought they were. They need to have that time to grieve. They need to have uh, that space, and they need to have that support during that grieving process. And then they need the time to heal. And uh, they need a lot of attention throughout that. You know, they need to know that they're safe, that they're loved, and um, that, that it's okay to grieve, that all of their feelings are normal, that they did nothing wrong. Uh, you know, and they need to be told these things again and again and again, because sometimes it ju they just need to hear it over and over till they feel, they really begin to feel it. So allow them that space and that time. Listen to their feelings. Um, you know, anytime they want to talk, be open to that, especially if it's about the divorce and the feelings that they're having about it and why doesn't daddy live here anymore and why is mommy sad? And they need, they need that on their level, but they do need to be able to have that time to talk about it. 
all the same. Uh, they're not the ones making any of the decisions. There is never, do you want to live with mom? Do you want to live with dad? At least when they're small, they shouldn't be making any of those choices. They don't, they should not be put in the middle at all. Um, when they're teenagers, they may have a little bit more say in that, but the adults are the ones who need to make the decisions in these things. Did you have anything to add there? No, I, I do later on because having dealt with these situations, I can describe um, all the series of mistake that, mistakes that you have the potential to make in this area. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lord knows I've probably made all of them. Uh, that does not mean you can't recover f- from them, but it's a lot more difficult to recover from them with your relationships with, with the children than it is not to make the mistake to begin with. Right. And, and so you need to be very aware and you need to be very communicative. My experience with children especially is they're not half as worried about you two. As a matter of fact, they're like, uh, I'm kind of glad this over, <laughs> as they are about their own lives. Mm-hmm. And if you, every time you make a decision that sounds reasonable to you, I'm moving out of the house. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a job in another state, mm-hmm. right? That may sound reasonable in terms of your uh, adult relationship, the person to whom you're married. It sounds perfectly unreasonable to them and you're creating additional insecurity uh, and eventually they get to the point where they just lose all trust. And uh, that's hard to recover from. Yeah. I, I never got quite that far, but I, I made some mistakes that, I had to recover from mm-hmm. with, with them in order to maintain that. Um, and then I learned, um, you know, by the third one, I learned to make sure they were part of the conversation in an adult child kind of way. Mm-hmm. Because they're only, I don't want to say they're only thinking about themselves, but the majority of their concern is, how is my life going to change? And, and honestly, the younger they are, the more difficult it is because they're experiencing those feelings, mm-hmm. but they don't know what they are. Right. Right, they have no idea why they're feeling the way, what they're feeling or why they're feeling. As they get older, at least you can have a conversation that says, here's, here's what's going to happen and here's how it's going to be. And uh, you, you can never say it's going to be better for you because they don't see it that way. They don't see it's going to be better for you that mommy and daddy aren't together and fighting all the time or, or whatever the reason is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as an adult, you're responsible for making it as, as easy and clean as possible. And the divorce statistics, the, the divorce statistics that you cited, tell us uh, with additional research that for the most part we don't make it easy as possible. We make it as difficult as possible because we want to create pain for the other person, whatever side you're on, right? Um, and they pick up on that. Yeah. And they and they carry that with them into some of some of the damage that you'll do, and you will do damage. There is no way you can avoid doing some damage uh and they carry that into future relationships right and um and the the first thing that you notice is they pick really bad relationships and it takes Mm -hmm. them a while and a lot again a lot of conversation to make sure they eventually uh, we were we were very fortunate to have you know what happened how the children turned out Mm -hmm. after the amount of uh, after both of us putting into it realizing that this is just not fun beating up on each other if it's going to damage them. Right. So it's not going to hurt you. You're an adult, you know, but anything you do to the other person is going to end up affecting the children. Mm-hmm. And it'll take forever, to, but not forever. You can recover, 
just better not to do it. Right, right. And it might require mediation. It might require family counseling. Um, Be open to that. Whatever is going to make the process easier uh, and, and smoother for everybody. Okay, take it slow. This is this is like oh, obviously, take it slow. Uh, children feel possessive of their parents, especially after a divorce, and now they've split them up. It's like um, I had two teddy bears, and then somebody took one, and now I only have one teddy bear. I am holding on tightly to this teddy bear, as you can see the little girl there, uh, somebody took her other teddy bear and, and it's, it's in another house now and she only gets to visit it every once in a while. So how does she feel about the one she has left? She's afraid somebody's going to take that too. So she, children become possessive of their parents in that same way. Uh, and the, somebody could come along and bring them a giraffe. Well, that's not my teddy bear that I've had since I was a baby. I don't want that giraffe. Okay, that's the new partner. Uh, they they don't want anything to do with that new partner because that's not daddy or that's not mommy. Uh, that's not what they want. So introducing that new partner too soon can just bring up a lot of these possessive feelings and anger uh, can cause confusion and sadness. So take it slow and have uh, try to put yourself in the child's shoes of something's been taken away from them. And uh, now they have to deal with that and their feelings about it. It is made especially more difficult if you uh, enter into another relationship soon after the dissolution of the other relationship, because they just don't understand that. Right. It starts looking like kind of a traitorous act, like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? <clears throat> the other thing is you have to break in the new relationship uh, with the children because, mm-hmm. you know, the sooner you mention the fact that you have children and that you're responsible for them, whatever, the 50% of the time, 70% of the time, 90% of the time, uh, you need to make sure that they're aware of that too because it may not work for them. Yeah, yeah. All right. So here are some simple guidelines for introducing your children uh, to your new partner after uh, the divorce, the new relationship, and it's gone slowly. And now after maybe six months to a year, you decide, okay, it's time for them to meet the children. Timing is essential. Like it's uh, like I said, it could take a year or two, especially with small children. Uh, they're just, just not ready for that quick change. Um, so give them that time. Rivalry with the partner. Uh, so again, I don't want that giraffe. That's not my mom. You know, I don't want that new person in my life. That's not my dad. Uh, they might have a rivalry with that person, but mom, you were supposed to be paying attention to me now. You know, uh, my dad's been taken away and all I got left, I don't want to share. (laughs) I don't want to share my teddy bear with anybody else. It's mine. I don't want to share my mom with anybody else. She's mine. So you have that rivalry with the partner. And if the new partner has children as well, there's additional rivalry. You know, they want to be the center of your attention. They don't want you paying attention to somebody else's children. So bringing in other children has to go even slower than bringing in a partner. Uh, the security of their needs and their place in the family needs to be uh, reiterated again and again. You are my child. I love you. I will never love, you know, another child is more than I love you. And 
your needs are important to me. You're always, you know, going to have a place in my life and a place in my home. And they need to really, really know that deep down before we can start getting into bringing new people into their lives. Uh, You need to look at this new partner and say, not just, is this guy right for me? But is this guy right for my family? How does he treat how does he treat children? How does he treat other people in his life? You know, really want to look at that. How does, how does he get along with his own parents? You know, these things are super important when you have children to protect, uh, bringing a new person into your home and into your life like that. So be careful about him being a good fit for your family. And make sure you give that opportunity to your children to have input every time you uh, you bring him up and you say, okay, I'm, I want you to meet him. What would you like to do? Would you like to go to the park? Would you like to meet at a restaurant? What, you know, try to feel out what's comfortable and easy for them uh, and keep the first meetings short and then build up over time. Anything else? Yeah. So uh, what you find out after doing this enough, not that everybody should do it enough, uh, is that your children's expectation, generally speaking, after divorce is that they're your, th- you're theirs until they leave home. Right. Right. You, you don't belong to anybody else. They, you belong to them until they leave home. Mm-hmm. Now, we know as we go through life that there's needs, uh, that emotional and, and uh, physical needs that one wants to experience and eventually one runs into a partner. The, 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 what, what you have to consider at that point is that your child doesn't expect that to happen, doesn't desire it to happen, or doesn't expect it to happen. So what you're going to have to do is break it in order to get them on your side with all of this. You've got to break it in slow. Right. And, and that doesn't mean that, that, that slow is not saying, uh, guess what, we're going to my friend's house tonight and his kids are going to be there and they're having a birthday party for one of his daughters. That is, there's nothing slow about that. No, right, right. right. Uh, it's by breaking it in slow that there is no point in your relationship with the children where it, they perceive that you're taking time away from them mm-hmm. to be with somebody else. Right. And that means when you're scheduling dates and things like that, if suddenly you're getting babysitters, you know, mm-hmm. after after having after uh, the divorce, and suddenly you're getting babysitters, and you're going out and partying every Friday night, they're they're going to notice that, and that's going to add to that burden, the the weight that they carry about this whole relationship thing. And again, it's not only the immediacy of it; they're not only experiencing it right now; it's things that they're going to carry into future relationships. Um, and so, uh, if you're going to do it slowly, kind of the first part of the slowness is. And, and your partner, if they have children, this, the new partner, if they have children, you've got to do this too because they're experiencing the same thing. Right. So there's got to be some agreement between the two of you uh, as a plan uh, as to how you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And you're yes. not going to do it in surprise events, right? right. Uh, hey, we're going over to Bob's birthday party for his daughter, Jennifer, mm-hmm. none of whom he knows. And, and then when they get there, they realize, oh, why are we at this birthday party, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it has to be slow and effortless. And kind of the signal 
you get from them as they get older is there's a point at which like when they're like 10 or 11 or 12 they're going to say so are you ever going to start dating again or anything like that Mm -hmm. that's actually a good sign like they're starting to worry about you in the sense and that's what it takes it's some signal from them Mm -hmm. that they're now worried about your emotional and physical needs enough for them to look at the little sacrifice and then it can't be the surprise of oh i've been dating a guy for six months right he's got kids it's again working it slow right and open spaces but not lying about it either or hiding it because you don't want that kind of relationship where say you started dating another woman um after a divorce and you never told your kids about it and she was always are you ever going to introduce me to your kids and six months goes by and you're still keeping it a secret and and she's like uh am i ever going to be announced to your family because then that that woman uh that new partner is not a partner she's She's just some secret, dirty little secret, and she's not going to want to participate in a relationship like that. So one of the one of those types of events was the time I was introduced to the new partner's family, and the kids were there, and suddenly they there was a perception of like, are they going to be our new grandma and grandpa or? Mm-hmm. Are there our cousins and uh, and that's another thing that you have to be cautious with is that. The, your children are not their family, so they shouldn't be calling them grandma and grandpa. They should call them Mr. and Mrs. Smith or whatever, because that gets really difficult. They have a grandma and grandpa. They right. have, you know, two grandmas and grandpas, depending on, on how they are. So it gets really confusing for them. Mm-hmm. And if there isn't a lot of conversation about it beforehand, throwing them into those situations is not going to resolve it. They, they're not, they're, they, they don't, until they're adults. Yeah. Kids don't get any of that. Right. They don't understand any right. of that. And there has to be serious conversation and agreement, you know, yeah. uh, about how you're approaching it, what you're doing with it, how you're introducing it, and some sense of, do you want to participate in this? Because if the answer is no, then you you can't. Yeah. Not, not, uh, not without the risk yeah. of doing permanent damage to them. Yeah. yeah. Children don't see their parents as people. Separate no, from no. them until right. they are adults. That's right. And they don't uh, they don't get anything that that's beyond black and white. They don't mm-hmm. get areas of gray until they're adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are things to keep in mind, um, even with teenagers. It's crazy how black and white teenagers mm-hmm. think. It's either yes or it's no. There's no maybe. There's no sometimes. Yes or no. And uh, they can be very adamant about that because that's their worldview is 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 being shaken and and they're trying to hold on to their foundations and one of the other things is the influence that we we were raising the children uh, in a upper middle class neighborhood outside of washington dc and there was this period of time where none of this was happening and then all of a sudden divorces were like Everywhere. Everywhere around the neighborhood. And they were having to deal with it. And kind of what one of the byproducts of this is there were their friends whose parents were getting divorced before we decided to. Mm. And it had a really introspective, like there were, there, there was a, a, like, that's not going to happen to us, is it? Mm-hmm. They wanted reassurance mm-hmm. that right. this couldn't happen here. Right. You know, um, and uh, all the time you kind of know, oh, no, we're getting you know, there's something going on in our marriage, and you don't, oh, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't want, you don't want it to be you, right. but it's going to be sooner or later. You know. Yeah. So. Hmm. 
So here are some considerations uh, if you have children and you're looking at introducing them to a new partner. Uh, consider the children's age. The younger they are, the more scared they are. Uh, the teenagers are not so much scared, but they're very rebellious and mm. That's a good they're not on board with that. what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> you're upsetting their lives. Teenagers can be very self-centered. Uh, small children can be very uh, scared and they just want to be people pleasers. So you have to watch out for that, that they're not covering up their real feelings because they want to make you happy. You have to allow them that time and that space to express themselves. So consider their age. Uh, the amount of time since the divorce. If it's only been uh, a couple of months, it, they need still need time to grieve and to heal before uh, trying to jump into new kinds of relationships and, and how they're supposed to deal with new people in their lives. The level of commitment to new partner. Well, that's that's up to you and uh, how quickly you want to move in your relationship. I would say in a relationship that you're trying to establish and you've got children and they have children perhaps, uh, all the more reason to take it very slowly, um, especially sexually. Uh, you don't want to get sexually entangled with somebody, possibly get pregnant again, uh, and not be ready for it. So uh, watch that level of commitment and take it slow, uh, much slower than you did your first relationship because uh, you got to look for those danger signs. you got to look and see, is this person a right fit for my family? There's a lot that goes into building a second relationship like that. So here are my recommendations for today. Uh, grieve and heal as a family. Again, if you need counseling as a family, do that. Allow that time and that space for everybody to be able to express their feelings, to get them out. You have to feel your feelings and process them before you can let them go. And if you cannot let them go as a child, you're going to carry them into your life as an adult and you're going to repeat the same things your parents did in your own life. So give them that chance to feel their feelings, process those feelings and be able to let them go as you grieve and heal as a family. Prioritize self-care. Take care of yourself. Jumping into a new relationship and you're automatically already thinking about, oh, what can I do for this person and their kids and how can I be a part of that? You got to take care of yourself first. So really slow down, take a look at yourself, say, what do I need? Do I need uh, some counseling? Do I need to uh, work on my health and fitness? Do I need what do I need? Do I need a vacation? Do I need time to breathe? Um, do I need time to myself? Do I need to read some books? Uh, listen to some podcasts? Get my mindset right? Take care of yourself first. And then spend that quality time with your children to allow them to feel secure so that when all these changes start to happen again, they're ready for it. Go slow and be deliberate. Think about what steps you're taking. Discuss it with your new relationship partner um, and come up with a timeline together. When, when should we do these things? And how about this? And uh, be open about how your children are feeling with each other. You know, my child is not there yet, so I don't think you should meet her yet. Or, you know, uh, be very open about what's going on with the healing process with each other. Uh, get counseling again. This is big. Uh, don't be afraid to seek counseling. 
I don't know anybody who's ever said, well, you know, that was that was worse than not going. It, some people have said that wasn't the right counselor for us, but it opened up the door to at least looking for the right counselor for them. Um, but that would be, I think, a worst case scenario. Best case scenario is, yeah, it opened us up. It gave us the opportunity to talk and a place and a time where we we felt that that was uh, appropriate to talk in the, in those ways. So we grew from that experience. So counseling is super important. What do you think? I'm a big fan of counseling, mm-hmm. um, especially for myself when I need it, uh, because I have ideas and opinions and a personality associated with those ideas and opinions. And it's always nice to hear from someone else about where they are, where they've been and uh, in comparison to where you are. So uh, I'm a big fan. We, d- we, didn't, uh, we didn't need uh, counseling for the children, uh, except one uh, that was affected, uh, definitely affected by it. You can, and you could see it in his grades, his grades dropped immediately. One of them, one of the, one of the girls, their grades dropped, but something happened to them. We, I don't remember the exact moment and I, it wouldn't be fair to describe it. Something happened and like she did a complete turnaround in a week and, uh, she seemed to be back to normal, but, uh, we were very fortunate that we handled it in the way that we did and tried to keep, keep the ugly, uh, away from it. And, uh, there was a point as as uh, argumentative as we could have been. Uh, I just I let thing I started letting things go. I started I stopped debating things. You know, <laughs> let's just move forward and get this done and see if we can put our respective lives back together again. So, and I, I think maybe that's the key. You have to be willing to give up stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there is nothing there is nothing that you own jointly. And Virginia is a joint property state, right? So. Everything you own and everything you buy until the divorce is complete is uh, uh, half theirs. And, um, and what you realize pretty soon is that uh, it's not worth fighting over. That the sooner you can get through that uh, and make it less painful on your partner, effectively you're making it less painful on your children, and it gives you the opportunity to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that. We talked about it in the last show, the taking responsibility. What's my part in this? And... What's, what's the cost? What am I willing right away to give in to, get, give up for? And it just makes it that much easier. Mm-hmm. And, and it's nothing you can't recover from. Nothing, there is nothing that you own or that you do that you, you can't recover from if you, allow, if you allow yourself the luxury of saying, okay, I'm letting that go. Mm. So, and, and that's good f- for them too because when they see that, uh, I don't want to call it passivity because it's not passivity. It's conscious passivity, if anything, because you're saying, I'm making a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm making a series of decisions that's going to affect everyone else positively and maybe me not so positively. I don't want to say that it affects you negatively, but the more you give in all of this, the more positively it affects. And, and you, you know the relationship I have with my ex. It's a healthy relationship. We see each other at weddings, at baptisms, at birthdays, you know, and she calls when she needs help. And I think part of that was like, as, as angry as she was at me for the damage that I did to the relationship, uh, it, as I just gave, I kept giving and not making it, uh, and making it easier for her to go on with the rest of her life. And the children saw that, that it wasn't painful. Uh, and I think they responded to it. And I think that's why they tend to be so healthy now. Mm-hmm. Now that the youngest is 30, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, 
we hope that, again, if this situation has touched your life and uh, you are finding something valuable in this conversation, that you'll stay in touch with us. Uh, join the Softer Side member vault at esofterside.com. There's other great information in there on a bunch of different topics. So um, all free to join esofterside.com. And within the uh, esofterside.com site, you can find a discovery coaching session that's free as well. That's a 15-minute coaching session that you can have with me. If that's something that you're interested in, go ahead and join the member vault and you could find it there. Uh, and we can get deeper into uh, what it is that you need. Join our Facebook group. On Facebook, we are at... Uh, is it uh, facebook.com slash groups slash the softer side. Um, you'll find it there and go ahead and join that and you can get some additional uh, support within the group. I also have a podcast, uh, which is basically this program is being uh, distributed to a variety of podcast platforms, including Anchor FM and Spotify and Google Play and, and many others. So um, the if you would rather listen rather than watch on YouTube, then you the can download it. The advantage is the podcast is downloadable and yeah. you can take it with you. Right. And you can listen to it in the car or while you're walking or something like that. And again, if you would like to contact me with something uh, personal or a topic that you'd like to suggest for a future program... That would be thesofterside.info at gmail.com. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for being here today for all your great questions and comments. Uh, and for The Softer Side, I'm your Life Transitions Coach, Shelly Carney. Thank you for listening to The Softer Side with Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. Please write to us with questions or ideas for future shows at thesofterside.info at gmail.com. And visit the free member vault for more great tips and ideas at esofterside.com.